Hello, welcome to another episode of the Drama and Language Teaching Podcast. In this episode, I interview Veronika Fröhlich, who teaches at the um, Pädagogische Hochschule, University of Education in Heidelberg. Okay, it's not as I had thought uh, an episode about um, our latest conference in Constance that um, is taking a little bit longer, but um, I did meet Veronica at this conference and she kindly agreed to do this interview with me. So here we go. Oh yes, one more thing. Um, when we recorded this interview, it was very, very hot. So um, if you hear when Veronica is talking um, a slight tinkling noise in the background, um, Don't uh, um, if you if if you're wondering what that is, um, she recorded the um, the interview with uh, the, the the balcony door open, so that's the curtain or shell sort of making making a slight tinkle. But I think that's very summary and very very appropriate to the weather. Okay, well now here we go. Hello, Veronica. Thank you for doing this interview with me. My first two questions would be: What is your background? And in what way are you using drama and language teaching? I started using drama and language teaching because I truly believe that um, drama is an effective tool to use actually in any classroom, but especially in the foreign language classroom. Um, my major was uh, English as a foreign language, And I have a master's degree in language testing. I have been teaching English for a very long time, I believe 22 years meanwhile, something like that, uh, in all different contexts. So um, with young learners, with um, adults, um, I've been working with... Um, teachers te in teacher education since 2004 and um, because I always need to come up with new courses and um, yeah new things to do um, I decided to teach my uh, future English teachers uh, something that they could use in the classroom very practical And I currently have a course called Drama Techniques in the Foreign Language Classroom. Um, I've taught it several times. Last semester I did not teach it. And now I'm looking forward to incorporating all the cool um, ideas that I learned in Constance into my course this coming semester. Okay, that's great. Good to hear that we actually have a, a practical um, impact with the conference. What would you say are the benefits of using drama in the classroom? I think that the benefits of using drama techniques in um, the foreign language classroom are mainly that it improves communicative competence, which is what uh, foreign language teaching and learning is all about. Um, our learners learn to practice um, expressing what it is they want to say quite naturally and spontaneously, both verbally and non-verbally. Um, they take risks, which is always, um, yeah, which, from which they benefit greatly. They 
using drama helps them, um, um, supports their social skills. So they learn to have empathy with others and they become um, generally more tolerant of others and of those in their, um, their fellow classmates also. I think it's highly motivating uh, for our learners, but also for our teachers, for me. It's highly motivating for me because it's a fun way to teach and I get direct feedback um, um, by watching what they're doing and hearing what they're saying. And yeah, it's uh, very motivating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And um, one that we sometimes overlook, I think. The motivation of the teacher also plays a role. I mean, I used to feel a bit um, apologetic about um Well, when I explain why I use drama in my lessons, of course, I would say, well, it's good for the learners um, because they should be in the focus, of course. And I mean, it's it's not it's not the teacher who should have fun. But then, I mean, why why shouldn't we? I mean, why shouldn't the teacher also have fun? Um, because I think um, if I'm motivated, that makes me a better teacher. I mean, obviously, not everyone um, in a class of 30 students will enjoy drama. But I think if this is a method that energizes me as a teacher, it will be overall a better lesson than if I deliver my lesson in a, in a more conventional way that I myself don't enjoy as much as drama. Anyhow, um, what are your experiences from your own school days Did you have drama in school? I know this from my own school time in the United States. We have lots of mm, mm, drama. Um, and I believe that that really builds confidence in our learners. So so the more um, they're saying something, opening up, and yeah, the more they realize, hey, I can do this. So, so gaining confidence, and that's for life. That's not only here for the classroom and for taking exams, but that's really a, a skill that they develop for life. Are there also any challenges that you encounter when you work with drama and language teaching? I'd say that the greatest challenge that I have experienced is, has, is connected to the dynamics of the group. So if there are people who are super negative about um, things that we do, about letting themselves go, acting silly, and so on. Um, or if the group is um, um, relatively small with um, lots of uh, more uh, subdued learners, um, quiet, uh, conscient, uh, self-conscious, conscious and um, things like this, then it is very tricky to lure them out of themselves and to experiment and to dare to take risks. I think that has been my greatest challenge thus far. Another challenge, I think, can sometimes be to explain to someone who is not familiar with drama and education why this is not just playing or just a bit of fun. I think that people who are not familiar with drama and education don't understand that um, that it is super effective 
and that it covers so much territory. So I often hear, well, I don't have enough time for things like that in my foreign language classroom. I have to get through the book. I have to do this, that, and the other, cover everything in the Bildungsplan, and so on and so on. Um, it, the, the same applies to literature in the foreign language classroom. Um, people also rarely feel that they have time to delve into literature, but as with drama, um, these things cover so much territory. They basically cover all skills. So reading, writing, um, listening, and speaking, and of course, um, a vocabulary, um, a expanding vocabulary and um, um, social skills, like I already said. Um, so they really do cover so much territory that it is never a waste of time. On the contrary, I feel like our learners learn more through um, drama than they do um, through so-called regular lessons. And plus, we also have to think it's not, we're not doing this day in and day out every lesson. We're incorporating it into what we otherwise also do. It's like supplemental. And um, yeah, it's not the only thing that we do. But it is super effective because learning generally takes place subconsciously, more or less, in a playful way so that learners are enjoying what they're doing and are not actually realizing that they're learning. Okay, that's interesting. So you say then they're, they're not even realizing that re that they're learning. My question would be, should we make them aware sometimes? But I guess that's probably a discussion for, for a different podcast. Okay, um, let's change focus here a little bit and get more practical. Do you have any favorite activities that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I have a few activities that I very much enjoyed uh, thus far. One of them, there, two of them are improv um, activities. One is called Russell's Soup. I'm not sure whether you're familiar with that. But in any case, this is done in, in pairs. And one person of the pair begins simply doing something, um, for example, stirring in a pot or something. Um, and the other person is on the sidelines and thinks, creates something. So decides um, what, who, who she is and who the other person is to her. And also decides on some kind of a conflict um, that she'll develop with the other person who's um, doing the activity. And so that has often worked really super well. Of course, the person who's doing the activity has to go with it. That's what improvisation is. They have to go with it. So they realize um, if the, the person coming in says, hi, mom, then they know, okay, I am the mom. And um, whatever the conflict um, then is, they have to go with it and develop it. Um, that actually has been very cool and very effective and very emotional also uh, in my courses thus far. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds a bit like a, like a game I know under the name of Freeze, where um, people stand in a circle, uh, two people perform a scene, someone who has an idea claps, they freeze, and then one tags one of the two players out and sort of immediately starts a new scene. But your your um, game is a bit more has a bit more thinking time, so I guess that's easier for people who are not not very much used to improv to really just um, have a bit of time to think about what the conflict could be and what the constellation could be. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any any other uh, exercise you'd like to share? Another activity that I have enjoyed and my learners have enjoyed is um, line improvs, um, where we have two lines facing each other and they're both like at a certain distance um, um, away initially and then um, I give them um, their relationship, um, a circumstance that they're in and I tell them um, their intentions and they need to build the conflict and the story together and they need to um, make strong choices so that that they can continue so that they can go with it and go into it and develop um, something so that's really kind of also been very cool and very emotional where p- people have had um, um, physical reactions to 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 this it's uh, very um, exhilarating yeah thanks for sharing that I think that's probably a great activity for a group um, that is or a larger group in a small room when there's not 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 a lot of space um, at least I found that activities you can do in lines um, keep everyone engaged but you don't need to clear the whole classroom and often the space just in front of the table sort of uh, next to the teacher's desk is, is, is quite sufficient but you say exhilarating okay um, could you give an example um, of that for example um, um, one all the people all the learners in one line um, um, will be the parents, and the in the other line there will be the child. And the child is a teenager, for example, 14 to 19 years, and wants to go to some kind of a demonstration or a protest going on tonight. And the protest is very important to them, um, and they're approaching their parent to ask for permission to go and the parent doesn't want them to go at all so um and they don't want they want to build it they want to um um, keep it going so they don't want to just yes no yes no no they have to make strong choices so that they can keep this going and try to really actually resolve it although they won't be resolving it um, and so then the whole line of, of children moves toward the line of parents and each one has um, someone that they're dealing with. And it's, yeah. And of course, there, there are lots of different relationships and lots of different circumstances and lots of different intentions. Um, and you, this is, I think it's an incredible activity. Um, I've had very much success with this. A final activity um, that I'd like to share with you that's one of my favorites is um, fairy tales with twists um, so that we, our learners, um, in groups take regular, commonly known fairy tales and then 
change them um, to make them interesting and surprising. Um, yeah, I've had the greatest experience with these things um, because our learners are actually super creative and it is just so much fun and I always have a big drama um, bag with all sorts of um, um, different materials, um, different items of clothing, um, and things that they like to incorporate into these skits. Um, we've actually often, um, when I have strong groups, then um, we actually end up performing these fairy tales with twists um, at schools for uh, um, kids at school who really enjoy them because, of course, they recognize the fairy tales um, and then they really um, have fun with the twists that that my students put in there for them. So I think this is um, um, something that you can do simply, of course, as an activity um, um, in your classroom, but you could actually extend it when you have um, such outgoing and um, in incredibly creative um, learners that you end up performing what you've prepared. Thanks a lot for all these uh, different activities. Um, a final question. Do you have any advice for someone who'd like to start teaching with drama? Right. I'd like to actually add something to... Um, my advice for people who um, are thinking of learning, uh, of using, um, incorporating drama in their classrooms, um, that they simply collect activities that they enjoy. So that's what I do. I, I find activities that I think, wow, this is going to be really fun for me. And then my joy in in explaining it and doing it with my learners is very contagious. Um, and my learners, um, yeah, they, they automatically become passionate about what I'm passionate about. So, so you've got to go with your gut instinct and you've got to, of course, know your learners and, and have a feel for what they're going to enjoy doing and what you're going to enjoy doing. <laughs> well, okay. Wise words, um, collect what you enjoy. Very good. Um, so we're coming towards the end of this interview. Thanks a lot. Okay, I hope that this was useful to you, Stephanie. Um, right. Uh, thank you very much. Goodbye. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, so thank you, Veronica. And yeah, goodbye. Okay, so that was the second episode of the Drama and Language Teaching Podcast. We're still evolving and developing now you can also um, subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe via Stitcher or via um, subscribe on Android. What we're still working on is iTunes, but we'll get there eventually, I think. Um, so um, either download it as an MP3 directly to your computer or subscribe if you want to get um, regular episodes. Thank you for listening and maybe until the next episode. Goodbye.